Hi, welcome to the Curvy Culture Podcast. I'm Andrea Westbrook and my mission is to create a world where everyone feels that they can thrive, regardless of their body size. I acknowledge the Yuggera and Turbal nations as the traditional custodians of the land on which I live, work and learn, and their continuing connection to the land, water and community. I pay respect to them and their elders, past, present and emerging. All content related to this program is for general informational purposes only and may contain stories and discussions about diet culture, weight loss, disordered eating, weight stigma, fat phobia and anti-fat bias that may be disturbing to some listeners. If you are concerned about yourself or someone you know, please seek professional and individual help and support. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Curvy Culture Podcast. Today I am thrilled to be sharing with you a conversation that I had with my good friend Richard Joshi. Now when I think of Richard, one word always comes to mind and that is colourful. Richard is a mum, a wife, she's the wearer of many hats, including being the founder of Jewel Nation, a fantastic clothing and print business. She is a life coach, a mentor and a podcast host. But most importantly, Richard is a proud diversity, equity and inclusion advocate. And all of her businesses are really geared around advocacy and creating spaces for the voices of those who need to be listened to and champions their differences. Today, Richard and I talk about or have a conversation around the importance of considering intersections in the diversity, equity and inclusion conversation. So I want to say strap yourself in, but that but that's not the right term. So grab your cuppa, snuggle in, get cosy and join us for this riveting conversation. Hello, Richard Joshi and welcome to the Curvy Culture Podcast. Thank you for having me, Andrea. You and I have had so many conversations around this very topic. I'm very excited to share my experience and views on this. Thank you. Amazing. I can't wait to get into it with you too. So my friend, as I mentioned in the introduction, Richard and I are going to be discussing and sharing with you some information and views and opinions and our our thoughts on the intersection of colour, race and body size. Now, I wanted to start this episode to share share with you a bit of a definition of intersectionality because it is a fairly new term that is being raised and discussed in the diversity and inclusion space. And I've borrowed this definition from the Victorian government, actually, because it was the best definition that I could find. And I've paraphrased it a bit. But intersectionality refers to the way in which different aspects of a person's identity can expose them to overlapping forms of discrimination and marginalisation. That's actually a good definition. It's it's an excellent definition. A lot of others were were quite complicated and I thought that really nails it. Hmm. And what I also wanted to share just so people are really clear is the aspects of a person's identity that we're talking about here. And this is by no means an exhaustive list because I could probably go on the whole episode about the list, but it's things like race, gender, colour, religion, language, uh, socioeconomic situation, age, and of course, body size. And we wanted to discuss this with you today because we believe that it's important to understand 
that different aspects of a personality, of a person's identity, sorry, not their personality, their identity determine their experience in the world and the barriers and biases they might face as a result. And yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes. Just giving me the oh, thumbs up for those of you who are listening to the podcast. So different forms of, of marginalization can amplify vulnerabilities. So if a person has different, these is well, most of us are a combination of these different aspects. But if you've got a combination of a few that put you in different marginalized groups, these can really amplify your vulnerabilities. And I believe, and I hope Richard agrees, it's really vital that we build our knowledge in this space so that we can become more conscious of the systemic bias and, and systems of power that we, we are trying to change. So I've invited Richard here today to share with you, you know, our, our views and, and um, ideas around the intersection of race, colour and body size. So Richard, to kick us off, I'd love for you to share with us your journey around navigating your relationship with your body size as a woman of colour. Okay, so this is a long story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a journey that, that hasn't mm-hmm. finished yet. Yeah, of um, course. I grew up thinking I was fat because Mm -hmm. everyone said it to me, Mm -hmm. whether it was society, whether it was other classmates, whether it was, you know, the neighborhood auntie, you know, and everything else. Yes. Also the shopkeepers. Oh, you're so fat. You can't fit in it, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So that journey started a very long time ago. And you and I've talked about this before as well. But when I look back at those photos of me, Mm -hmm. I am not fat. Mm Mm-hmm. Honestly, and very objectively speaking, however, that stems even from inside me, even saying that, I'm actually not fat, but I was larger framed. Now, the things that happened here for me was that um, I got my father's genes Mm -hmm. um, and I got his straight shoulders. Mm -hmm. So that already put me in a larger frame when it comes to clothing. Yeah, because yep. a lot of times petite, you know, yeah, the, the shoulders and and those who are uh, listening, it's like a B, like a you know, tented shape, right? Yep. So that already put me in a larger frame. So I felt mm-hmm. larger than my say other classmates. Yeah, as a woman of color, it, it, being female in itself is a is is hard enough when mm-hmm. you are uh, you know uh, facing all kinds of systemic patriarchal you know archetypes of mm-hmm. structures when it comes to work community playing whatever it is right yep but then to be someone who is of a different color for me woman of color i hail from india we will talk about someone being fat whether male presenting or female presenting as someone lazy or stupid mm-hmm. you know and automatically they are kind of deleted or sidelined right mm-hmm from any aspect so I used to swim and I used to train for swimming Mm -hmm. and my dad and my mom could not find my size with the straight shoulder and the bigger chest Uh, uh, costumes right so whenever my dad would travel abroad meaning outside of India he would buy the sizes and come in right and And people would be like you know and oh your fat's hanging from here oh you have real all of those things as a woman of color growing up mm-hmm. was what made me think that I was fat. And therefore, what did I do? I shut myself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't put my hand up for things. Yeah. And at that young age, what is it? Sports, yeah. uh, drama, singing, yeah. dancing, whatever activities. Yeah. You know, at those yeah. 
but that is how it affected me and mm-hmm. I remember telling you what was it a couple of years ago maybe yeah when we were talking mm-hmm. on your on your Instagram yes I be, did yeah. not yeah we've been, we've been friends for a long time yeah eh? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> That we, I was talking about the fact that it still affects me today mm. as a 45-year-old, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The languaging in India again uh, around women of color, women, well, women, you know, who are fat is also not positive. It's not yeah. encouraging. It's not anything. Oh, you're going to take two seats, is it? You know, uh, on the, on yeah. The train. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's, yeah. okay. it's not been a nice, nice place to be. Yeah, yeah. Have I healed? I don't think I will ever heal, you know? Yeah. However, am I comfortable in being how I am? Yes, now yeah. I am as I'm growing older, but I mm. will still look in the mirror and be like, or go to mm. a shop and be like, oh, I wish I fit into that. I remember mm-hmm. telling you a blue jeans and a tucked white t-shirt, right? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Would be, that is still in my mind as an ideal thing. I would love to wear a crop top Yeah. and not have someone say, ew, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, 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 absolutely. So that's how it affects yeah. me when I'm coming at yeah. it from the lens of a woman of color. Yeah. When I come here to a white, predominantly white colored, mm-hmm. uh, you know, culture and society, it is not... <laughs> Just the fat bit. Forget about women of color. I mean, just the fat phobia yeah. that is there. Yeah. That in itself is discriminatory and prejudiced. Yeah. And you yeah. add all the other layers. Yeah. 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 Do you find the do you feel that the discrimination is stronger for you because of your feelings about your body size? And then there we've got the the fat phobia in Australia, but there's also Let's not shy away from it. Australia is a fairly racist country as well. Do you think that that's, that discrimination is amplified for you? I would say it is amplified for anyone who is a person of colour and mm-hmm. if they're of a larger frame or they're yeah. fat yeah. because the biases that come into place are quite many. And as you said, we are talking about intersectionalities, mm-hmm. yeah. the identity of, uh, in, in, in our conversation, female. Mm-hmm religion clothing language um whether they're wearing a hijab or they're not wearing a hijab you know all those things all those things are at the forefront already for a person of color Mm -hmm. and they're a migrant and then you add the body weight thing it literally and in a punny way it weighs everything down too yeah yeah so it just adds another layer of discrimination of prejudice to the whole idea of a person of color who's fat So is it harder for me? I think I've learned in the last 10 years of living here in Australia to be blinkered sometimes about it. Do I catch the side eye? Yes, I do. Um, And even if it's just a normal side eye, like they're like, oh, she's very, that that is so awesome. Mm. My brain goes into, they're dismissing me because I'm fat or Mm -hmm. because I'm brown or because whatever. So yeah, Yeah. that's how it comes Yeah. And has that, I know you mentioned just before that it, it still impacts you. How, how does that impact show up for you? How does it impact you? In the dressing room mm-hmm. of stores. So now, obviously, we do, I have come to know of, because of you and other friends who might mm-hmm. be, you know, larger size like me, of brands that do have yeah. clothing, which is not just, it's not a tent you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. On this stage, yeah. shape, and it's yeah. still feminine, it's colorful, whatever it is, right? So I know of those brands and I came to know of them about three years ago and I'm, oh, lots of, yay, mm-hmm. nice things. However, 
before that, if I would go into X brand or Y brand and I really liked what I saw, whether it was a formal wear or it was just a pair of jeans, and I would try it out thinking this is what my prescribed size is. Mm -hmm. And not even from the, you know, what the easy fit, slim fit, whatever, you know, yeah, different sections yeah. that they make it. Yeah. I remember crying in the um in the dressing shop rooms mm. because even that size was not fitting me mm. Mm. and or mm. it was bunching in areas that mm -hmm. I didn't want attention on not just the tummy just around the crotch area or yep. back or like under underarms yeah I would yep. make me immediately go back to the pain of what I was feeling as a child yeah and the yep. thought that would come is I'm looking ugly yeah yeah. Right. And I have, I've, I've yeah. had, or even yeah. now, like, yeah. 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 on the flip side, yeah. when I found these brands, like, you know, all and uh, some of the other brands, you know, the yeah. big yeah. brands that are out there, out there now, I remember I spent in one, one shop, mm -hmm. $900 mm -hmm. because yeah. I found the dresses and the jeans and even the yeah. uh, underwear yeah. that actually fit in one yeah. go. Yeah, and I yeah. only remember I was telling my husband he he, he doesn't care, but you know he was mm -hmm. like, uh, "Oh, show me what you got." And I wore it, and he's like, "Do you realize how hard you're smiling?" I said, "Yes, I can mm -hmm. feel it in my jeans." Yeah, yeah. It was one of those rare occasions that in the dressing yeah. room, yeah. I didn't yeah. cry when I saw myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And it's not about feeling cute and the fit and all that stuff. It was just mm. I too can look nice in whatever yeah. I'm wearing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. I can absolutely echo those sentiments because and that feeling of going back, straight back to childhood and feeling like you don't belong and the world, you don't fit in literally mm -hmm. anywhere and you're going to be, you just have to suck it up and be uncomfortable or be unseen or wear ugly clothes because that's all that's available for you and it really links into your self-worth yes and, it does yeah, unfortunately yeah, it's an yeah, outside thing but it yeah, still yeah, does absolutely um, especially yeah. when it is happening again and again and again yeah and yeah. So, yeah 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 over years and years this is just magnified and and when you do find a, a brand or a shop that fits you it is so liberating and empowering yes, to know that you can look stylish and feel good about what you're wearing yes, too, and it really helps your confidence. And It does. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Again, like you and I, we're both yeah. coaches, so we know it's an external validation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. it does affect us so much, just like Absolutely. makeup, right? Yeah. You wear good makeup yeah. and it fits your skin uh, you know, tone yeah. and stuff, and all of a sudden you're like, Aha, yeah, you know, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of euphoric in a way after these years of, of you know, not being able to walk into a shop and find something that fits. So when you do, it's it's an elation, like, you're, oh, thank God, I feel seen. Mm -hmm. I feel validated. And funny enough, yeah. now that you were saying this, I was yeah. just remembering. Uh, so once a year, like the entire family, my entire family will mm -hmm. go, like the four of us will go, and we've got separate things we need to go, maybe a puffer jacket, da da da, -da. Yep. So every all three of them, my kids and my husband, they're buying things. They're doing what they're fitting, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you not buying anything, Richard? You need a jacket, or you need a pair of shoes, yeah. or you need this, or you need that. And I'm like, no. You know, I feel yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. They yeah. know that if I'm in a in like a mall kind of a setting, and there is one or two of those brands. Yeah. 
they know they will sit outside and they're okay with that you know yeah yeah i'm coming right. out smiling i'm actually finding what i want in one yeah. it might be a size difference you know based yeah. on what on, on, on what whatever measure i'm that day but i don't have to go through 16 18 20 22 because all the sizes are different too yeah, from different brands could, right yeah, yeah so absolutely. and that number oh, yeah. oh my god andrea that number if it is a size 16 in one brand it's and it fits and you think oh my god i'm a size 16 yeah you try another brand and it's a size 20 for the same thing yeah yeah like, what happened here you know so yeah. yeah well i can tell you what happened because there's no consistency in sizing and there's no regulation of it and i think one of the for me one of the most empowering things was just letting go of that number and not worrying about it if it fits and it looks good and i feel good doesn't matter what the number is that's that's yeah. what I've learned as and well. And I can actually close. I can't yeah, go exactly. naked. <laughs> and if I'm really worried about it, I can cut the number out. Yeah. If I don't want to look at it every time I wear that's that very true. that piece that's of clothing. True. So I know in our society we are very it is very size focused, but the sizes are inconsistent. So we're trying to compare ourselves to yes to something that's impossible to that's compare very true. ourselves to. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. How do you think your your being a woman of colour and being plus size has held you back in your work? In all honesty, in, at least while I've lived here in Australia mm-hmm. and for the last 14, 15 years, I've, I, I run my own business, right? Yeah. So I'm my, my own uh, everything, right? Yes. So, but my choice to not work with other people or someone else is not because of size. It's more because of race and other things, right? Mm. Uh, but so that way I haven't been directly impacted by a workplace that is not inclusive. Okay, yeah. Right, that yeah. way. However, I hear that of my clients who mm-hmm. are working with people who are working uh, for a company or yes. are in a not-for-profit or in a situation. I see my kids, you know, yes. these children who go, oh, you're fatty and, you know, you're you're fat. Oh, I didn't mean it like F-A-T, it's P-H-A-T. Yeah. We know what you're saying, right? You know what I'm saying? And the slide and stuff like that. So that way I haven't been impacted. Yeah. Um, and what I hear from my clients is the same things that you talk about on the podcast. Mm. You know? Yeah. About them feeling othered and yep. systemically being othered. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, she's not good enough. Oh, she's mm-hmm. and and those unwarranted advices. Have you tried this protein shake? You know? Oh, yeah. The, oh, maybe you could have yeah. a salad. Oh, a donut again. You know, so yeah. these are three or four things that I've heard yeah. uh people, my clients say, and I just Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really inappropriate and damaging and it has to change. It has to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I love that you've brought up about your clients and their experiences in the workplace because that was one of the topics I, I wanted to raise with you because we know that a lot of corporate organisations are doing great things around diversity and inclusion and they are putting together their diversity and inclusion strategies. In some cases, there's targets around that. Uh, they're putting pulling together employee resource groups and this type of thing to help inform their strategy. But what I've noticed is that these strategies tend to focus on singular aspects of a person's identity. So they'll have uh, one, one strategy for women, one strategy for Indigenous people, one strategy for uh, people living with a disability and then perhaps uh, one will be about race or colour. 
and they look at each of these quite separate from each mm-hmm. other rather than all of the all intersections. Yes. So I was wondering if you had any exposure or experience with that or what what you think about that? I feel that what we need to understand, whether we are uh, working for our, uh, you know, a company, a large company or a small mm-hmm. company, is to first understand that intersections exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For example, a very simple intersection. So I'll take my example. I'm a mom. Yeah. Yep. I'm a sister. I am a daughter. I'm mm-hmm. someone's wife. I am someone's best friend. Mm-hmm. I'm a mentor. I'm a coach. Yep. I'm a business... Those are small, very simple looking, you know, different identities and intersections, but I'm still the same person, richer. Yeah. The complex ones there, and that's similar to men as well, who have, you know, identities as well. The complex ones for me is race. Yeah. So one aspect of a company is, you know, whatever lens they're looking And ethnicity comes there. Gender, Mm -hmm. gender equality, gender pay, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sexuality. Yeah. Right? Um, disabilities whether visible or not again it's a separate thing yeah yeah right? absolutely so yeah. religion my age I'm 45 mm-hmm. yeah you age, know and yeah. the first thing that some people have told me is like either they try to be polite and they say oh you're too young you don't look 45 mm-hmm. and then they say are you sure you can do this what do you mean <laughs> you know what has my age got to yeah, do with my yeah. abilities I don't know but anyways socioeconomic status as well because yeah yeah and these are the complex intersectionality yeah absolutely can exist in one person all Mm -hmm. of these the mom daughter whatever and all of these complex yeah or they can exist across the board as you mentioned earlier yeah but when we as an organization as a company look at these not at a company level Mm -hmm. together saying everyone can you know, exist, mm. has intersections, has different identities. Yeah, yeah. They are, you know, uh, working through and that they intersect. So that's mm. the first thing organizations need to understand. Mm. And mm. if they understand that, yes, uh, uh, someone with a physical disability may need some other type of care, like a ramp, you yeah. know, a toilet. Yeah. That, is, that is understandable, but that's just one thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's not take it you know so if yeah. everything else is a holistic yeah understanding of what intersections are with multiple identities yeah. of our staff members, yeah then we can have policy like that is that mm. because again we are othering them also oh, this policy only exists for you because you're disabled mm. hey but i'm a mom too mm. you know what about my religious preferences mm. ramadan is coming up yeah what about you know me being able to do that and go home early yeah, yeah. I need to break my fat. You know, so stuff like that, yeah, that, yeah. that exists in one yeah, person. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's a really great point. And I think what's what's happened, and look, I want to be open here and, and acknowledge that diversity inclusion is ever-evolving and is. and companies are evolving their, their strategies, which, which is great. But I really want to have a, a conversation around, I think companies have kind of divided it up into these singular approaches because they know that different groups have different issues and potentially different solutions. But to your comment, it's actually more more complex than that because if you're a woman of colour who is fat and has a disability, you potentially sit across all of those pillars, so to speak. Yes. So how are we looking after that person Mm -hmm. and supporting them 
and in all of their identities exactly right? exactly and also i think yeah. that what i wanted to i forgot to add this and i mm. just remembered it now the other thing also is we were when when we are working for a company we are going 5 days 40 hours average mm-hmm. right yep yep we are coexisting for 6 hours every single day with that person with that intersectionality yeah. If I yeah. do not understand their situation yeah. and acknowledge and I'm, I'm educated about it because yeah. I don't, because we've, we've been divided into, you know, Muslim yeah. woman, fat woman, disability, yeah. disability yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. How am I going to support them as a staff yeah. member, as a co-worker yeah. and understand and be empathetic about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I, I yeah, cut no, you in okay. that yeah. That's all right. And I'm really um, glad you brought up the... Uh, issue of pay because we know we know that there is a gender pay gap and if we just look at male to female and no other intersection we know that there's a a significant gender pay gap however for women of color that pay gap increases for women of a disability that pay gap increases for women who are fat that pay gap increases so these are why we need to really have this conversation and that going back to that definition of Mm. intersectionality around that amplification there's a lot of research too that says the more intersections that form part of a person's identity the more marginalized and the more amplified this bias is for them yes so 100%. I think this, yeah really important to discuss and shine a light on yes and, and yeah i think also like you said before a lot of the companies are doing a lot of work around no diversity equity and inclusion some of them are doing very good work where they have the policies and they have measurings you know measuring tools as well so that is also very important yeah and some of them are just doing it because oh everyone's doing it or it's a csr thing yeah or they have to yeah exactly because they'll be shunned they might whatever Mm -hmm. it may be yeah yeah if we are able so in regards to that we're growing Mm-hmm. as a country as well yeah yeah where we are having these conversations and demanding better of the workplaces we are being paid to go to I guess yeah, you know yeah you know kind yeah, of a absolutely thing, so yeah. yeah yeah people are becoming more discerning yeah, and why not becoming more socially conscious exactly so and we that's are, important. Yeah, yeah 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 absolutely so we are expecting more of our employers oh good and, and that's why we need people yeah. like you andrea because <laughs> the more noise you make about this very very one important thing i can you know cover so yeah. many so many different aspects of the intersections yeah it's going to get better right yeah and absolutely <laughs> i believe that even if one if it changes the conversation for one person oh my god or yes. you know it just creates a, a different conversation on how can we do things differently exactly that's that's where the power starts and we can start chipping away at the bias yes, yes. yeah I, I, I am using the word bias I'm actually mm-hmm. biased towards women <laughs> uh, Meaning, I, I am feel too. that the ripple effect of changing yeah. the life of one human yeah. who's female presenting is so much yeah. more further reaching than a male's perspective. Yeah, because yeah. like yeah. we've seen what the males have done, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I've actually become very conscious of my bias towards women, and so yeah, I'm glad you call it out too. But yeah, totally, I have been, and you know, in, I think in all honesty, and this is a different topic in some areas perhaps I need to work on that yeah. because I might be missing out on different points of view 
that agree. I value. Agree. I agree. I, I, yeah, I have an agreement yeah, with yeah, you. And yeah. I acknowledge that that does happen to me as well. Yeah. yeah. We, well, we both learn together. How about yeah, that? Yeah, right? exactly. Well, we're all learning together. That That's the beautiful thing. Rich, I'd love to ask, do you have any ideas or suggestions on how businesses and organizations can take a more intersectional approach? Of course. First of all, those of you who are listening and you are like the CEOs and head honchos of any organization and companies, find Andrea and get her to work with you because she <laughs> knows what she's talking about. Thank you. And I don't say that only because she's someone I know, but she really does. And there are quite a few really just as awesome, maybe not as awesome as Andrea, but just as awesome body positivity consultants and people who know who are in this field and they work in this field. Yeah. So when you're doing that, definitely get in touch with Andrea. But till Andrea has time, <laughs> you know, yes. what yeah. can these companies do? First and foremost, we need to get these head honchos, HR people who's writing policy to understand that this has to be a concerted effort. So all the parts need to be working together, mm-hmm. not just for one day, not just for yep, you know yep. some calendar event, but through the year and year on year after, uh, you know, each year. We need to get these leaders to understand and acknowledge the various intersections, like you've said, yeah, and the intersections of diversity, equity, yep. and inclusion will come if we understand and understand and acknowledge diversity, right? And they can work towards creating an inclusive and a welcoming, you know, culture, a work culture. They can build diverse teams, invite different people of different sizes, different races, different religions into that project or into that event so they can contribute. It's 110% 110% true that my way or the highway doesn't work anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. definitely do that. Yeah. And uh, like we said about Ramadan, flexible working arrangements, not mm-hmm. just for religious re- reasons, but with more women coming into the workforce. And if they are parents, we need that to happen because the reality is children do get sick. Incidents do happen that we need to take care of, right? Yeah. And at the same time, the pandemic has shown us globally that people can be very, very productive. These kind of biases, whether they've come from a different company or a different you know, country, they know that there's something that they can read and find themselves you know, in it kind of yep. a thing. Yeah. Also have those resources for people who are co-workers. And last but not the least, you know, nurture, nurture and foster a sense of community. Yeah, we're spending 40 plus hours at work. And while we may say, oh, we shut off when we get home. No, 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 no. We are, they they will be, a lot of us will at some point of time during our weekends and even the long holidays, we'll check our work emails, right? But if we have a sense of community and everything else, it doesn't feel like it is because of this bias or that bias. It's a community we can actually share. Yeah. And ask our coworkers, say, hey, dude, I can't do this. Yeah. Because we're part of a community and we're part of a team and we've been invited and it's been nurtured that we can speak up. Yes. Irrespective yeah. of our size. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And you feel it. And yeah. The, the companies who are listening, please understand this. Both Andrew and I come from the same, um, you know, um, I'm pretty sure we come from the same segment when we say this. Hmm. This is good for your business and yeah. it's good for your yeah. bottom line. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am very big because I know on on sharing that and I know that's not the only reason to do it. 
But I know for a lot of businesses and organisations, that's their motivation. And that's where we wouldn't be in business. Yeah, to make to make money. But we have to be really careful about the reason why Mm. we do it. Yeah. Yes, it will improve your bottom line, but there are a lot of other really healthy reasons why we should do it as well. Yeah. 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 But if you hire Andrea, ladies and (laughs) gentlemen, he will tell you all of that and make it such that it's not just the bottom line, but also a workplace culture. Yeah, absolutely, because we know that engaged employees who feel like they belong, they are the ones that that will be, you know, that will be uh, that empowers them to contribute, but then also to innovate. Yes, yeah. and they stay with the company yeah. longer because they feel that sense of community. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So they, yeah. the brand loyalty is also important, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and if your employees are comfortable and confident that they can challenge and share their ideas. That is where the innovation and the cost saving and the increased margins are going yes. to come for you. 110%. Yeah. Yeah. 110%. Yeah. Well, Richard, this has been an, the most amazing conversation. I want to thank you for everything that you've shared and um, to say I really appreciate your wisdom and your insight into your experiences today. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for hearing me and for validating my experience of this aspect of diversity, equity, and inclusion. These are conversations that we need to have, not just with other people, but also with our within our own communities, and uh, so that we can have a truly inclusive world. I know I'm yeah. hoping for a lot, but <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. So thank you for yeah. hearing, seeing, and allowing me to express my opinion and validating them. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Curvy Culture Podcast. If you'd like to connect with Richa or learn more more about what she does, please go to www.andreawestbrook.com.au forward slash latest episodes forward slash Richa Joshi. Thank you for listening to the Curvy Culture Podcast. I love having you here. If you have enjoyed this episode, Make sure you subscribe at your favourite podcast platform so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, I would love it if you could leave a rating and review. And don't forget to share it with a friend so that they can come and hang out with us too.